0: Hey, I'm Stacy, And I'm Casey, And this is the
1: Self-Care Project Podcast.
0: Where we talk about all things health and wellness and how it works into our lives as busy professionals, moms, and entrepreneurs.
1: Come sit with us as we spill the tea on how we still manage to take time for ourselves and make self-care a priority.
0: Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And of course, share with your friends. Hope you enjoy this. All right. So today I'm here with Casey and we are talking about burnout. Um, with burnout, you know, a lot of times this relates to people who have ADHD, excuse me, or ADD, but I really feel like it relates to moms. It relates to women who are trying to do it all. I feel like there's just a lot of expectations that we put on ourselves and other people put on us that can kind of lead us to get into this cycle of burnout. And so when I was researching burnout, of course, you know, there's a connection between burnout and depression. Depression can look like burnout. Burnout can look like depression. Going down into a burnout cycle can lead to being depressed. And so we really just want to try to kind of manage but not getting into this cycle of burnout and getting down and not being productive. And so when I was researching this, there were six factors that really related to burnout. And um, these were workload. Does, Does it match what you're currently capable of doing? The time that you have, like we know we have times, I'm a time blocker, right? So I have all these hours in the day but is the workload I'm doing able to fit into that time I'm um, perceived control? Do I have control over what I'm doing? Am I being micromanaged and do I feel trapped or out of control with these? Um, the third one was reward. So do you feel like you are gaining anything from what you're doing? Is it meaningful? This is not just compensation, right? Um, your four was community. So Uh, do they, what you're doing, does it align with your values? Do you have a good solid group around you? Five was fairness. Um, Are there inequities in your job? Does it feel like if we're talking about parenting, does it feel like it's an equitable with the duties that you have um, with your partner? And then six was values mismatch. So if your work doesn't align um, it can make you feel some kind of way about it. So Casey is here with me. So we're just going to start off with, um, the first one, which was workload and, um, talk about, you know, what this might feel like and some ways that we can kind of work through this. And we're going to, um, start with that. So what do you think Casey?
1: So I think for starting out, like when we talk about workload, uh, you know, Stacy and I's workloads look very, very different. You know, Stacy works full time out of the house, um, and I work full time in the house as a mom. So when we, so our workloads, a lot of times, I think we need people need to understand like your workload is going to look is based on kind of like what is your daily tasks like? What are the things that are are you are you a stay at home mom? Are you a work from home mom? Do you work outside the house and then you're a parent? I mean, it's a lot of different things. And there's, so there's ways that I think when you're talking about burnout, obviously, yes, there are some changes you can make if you, if you have that job outside of the home and it's just not rewarding to you, you know, and I, I think there's a way to really look at that and assess it and say, okay, like, is this what is best for me? Is this what is best for my family? And don't let's not forget, like, we know that a lot of times jobs, um, especially in today's economy are are, are essential, they are necessary for our survival and our financial um, uh, and our, the financial support of our family. Um, but I think when we talk workload, it's important that even though even if you are working a job out of necessity, out of that financial need, um, that doesn't mean that you can't set boundaries on what, on what your workload looks like, on what you're willing to give to that company. Um, now when we're talking about the workload of a parent, like that's something completely different. And that looks very different for parents, even based on what stage of life that they're in. Like I, all of my children are home. I've got one that's, that's six years old that requires
0: an exorbitant amount
1: of work. Um, and I have a deployed spouse. So like, I don't get, I don't have anyone right now to share that workload with. So um, it's, it's, you you may find yourself in stages of life where sometimes the workload is adjustable and sometimes it's just not. And we just have to then figure out and say, okay, I don't really have control over what my workload really looks like. So what are some things that I can do to help me manage maybe the stress or the weight of that workload to where I'm giving myself some time? Um, that's helping ease that, that strain that that work, that workload is putting, is putting on for me, you know? So as a stay at home, work from home, full-time mom, homeschool mom, you know, for me, one of the things I can do, and because I have, yes, I have a six-year-old, but I have a 13-year-old who can then like take her siblings to the park and things like that. Like I'll kick them out of the house in the middle of the day. Like what I am just the point where I'm like, I can't parent you anymore right now. Like I'm tapped on my workload. (laughs) I'm like, Ryan, please take your brother and sister to the park. Um, and she's so good now that there's times where she'll come out of, she'll come out of her room. She does. She, she's still in school right now, but she'll come down. She like, mom, I'm going to take Spencer to the park for a little bit. And I'm just like, okay, and that yes. and so it's kind of her way of building in her own break that she may need from schoolwork. But then she's really great at sensing when like I need a break. Um so that's that's something that has worked for me being um a mom right now who is with her kids 24 right. <laughs>
0: seven. Right. And so um a couple of things that we could ask ourselves, and, and this really just kind of so as a parent, um Another thing that you can kind of get stuck in this trap of workload is putting your kids in all kinds of activities and doing things like that. Like we know that those things are enriching. We know that they are important, but how can we mitigate that stress and that workload and then the really big thing here is thinking, first of all, who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to prove yourself to? Who are you trying to keep up with? Is that really what is bringing you joy in your life? Is it bringing your children joy? Um, and if it is, if they feel like they need to be involved in all these things, like you're getting ready to move into the part of life where you have three, two teenagers going in all different directions. And let me just tell you, um, taking everybody to classes and, you know, I've been there with Jason deployed too, where it's like, all right, I got to be in two places at the same time. This is not happening. So, it, you call on your community to help you. To you know, like, hey, Ryan, guess what? Hey, Chloe, guess what? You have friends. I need you to find a ride. Like, I can't be there for everything. I I need, I need you to find a ride. Um, the other thing is when you have smaller kids, hire a sitter. We talk all the time, Casey, about getting about hiring help with the house. Right. And you know, that can be part of the workload too. Like the part that just, that pushed me down every single week was having to work and shuttle the kids around and, and get the workouts in and do all the things. And I was doing all the things that were a priority to me. However, it was the house, not like Mm -hmm. having to come home and spend my entire weekend when that should have been my downtime, my time to relax, my time to repair. And instead I was spending it cleaning the house and doing lawn work all weekend. So that was one of the things that Jason and I talked about when it was time for me to leave the house to go to work was like, all right, this is what this is going to look like. If I leave the house to go to work, I need to be able to hire somebody to do the lawn work And I need to be able to hire somebody to come in and clean our house at least every other week. And, you know, it seems like a frivolous thing, but it's like, all right, so what does that mean? How much are you paying that person to clean your house every week? How much are you going to have to pay the lawn person? And then let's talk about how much money you're going to need to make. Um, And that was one of the things where it's like, is it worth it to go work outside of the home? And for many years, it, you know, when you talked about the cost of childcare, it really wasn't worth it um yeah but finding something to make your day and to make your life sustainable and i think that's the biggest takeaway here is that you can't you cannot you cannot continue to pour from an empty cup so amen we, we, yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's let's moving on to um perceived control so i know that this happens a lot in the workforce and just with being micromanaged and having somebody um, looming over top of you, and obviously you're, um, you're the caring for your children and your housework right now with your partner being gone, isn't really being micromanaged. Um, but I think the bigger thing here when we're talking about being um, a woman is, do you feel like you have freedom of independence? Do you feel like you're, you're, what you're doing matters? Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think those are two really, really big things. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big one. And I, and again, like it's hard because we know, again, what's going on in the world right now, people need jobs, people need to be working. And sometimes we don't have the freedom to have that sort of, even thoughts of saying like, okay, well, does my boss value me? Like, let me just tell you, like as a whole, um, if you're working outside of the home with somebody else, um, and you put in your notice or if you had to leave your job unexpectedly or something happened and you got frustrated and you finally were like, I can't do this anymore. I quit. Like it is like no skin off of your employer's back. Like don't get it twisted, like in very few situations, because at the end of the day, you are a person that, and your job and your workload has to be filled, um, when you leave. So while they think there's a lot of jobs out there that are valuable and add value to other people's lives, um, there's always going to be somebody that's going to come in and take over where you left off. Um, and we can't, we can't ever get any time back. You know, we are not, we once, once time is gone, it is gone. It is gone forever. You know, but I think it's important that if you're in a position where you have that ability and that freedom and that, that freedom of creativity and thought and all of those things that you, that you don't sit back and wait on opportunity. Like I'm a big um, supporter of creating opportunity where, where you want it, you know? And so if you're in a job, that's going to allow you that's allow allows you to, to be creative, allows you to have your own thoughts, allow, you know, then, then take advantage of that, you know, and create the value. You, you have the ability in some cases, not all, but you have the ability to create the value that you want to see in your job. You know, whenever mm-hmm. we were in the States and I was working, um, part-time and I say part-time because I, I really was for standards of the company. I really was there full-time. I was just classified as a part-time person, but I, got involved and, and managed so many different programs because it was the way that I added value to myself through my job, you know? And so I worked on a program that worked with cancer patients. I worked on a program and ran a program that, um, worked with military, a military community, like, and I, and I did all that. And I said, yes, a lot, because I wanted to, because it's like, I knew that I needed more out of my job as far as my satisfaction. And I knew that was how I was going to get it because I was going to create opportunity for myself. Right. Um, you just have to be careful when you're somebody like Stacy and I were overachievers and we want to do all of the things that then by creating that opportunity, all of a sudden you're not running, you know, hundred miles a minute. And, and also not balancing that work, rest, family life, because then you can, by being the personalities that we are run into this burnout that we're talking about, because you're trying to create so much opportunity. Um, but I really think it's a matter of just managing and really doing some assessing on what, like where your priorities are, um, in the work that you're doing, uh, and what you're really getting out of it. And again, everything just everything seems to be going back to that that concept of essentialism. Um, but you know, making sure that you are t- getting out of your job everything that you can get out of it. But at the same time, the only way you're going to really be able to get those things that are adding value to you is also by setting boundaries kind of at the same time, and not taking on a bunch of extra things that aren't really what you want to do. Um, just in an attempt to try to please your boss.
0: Right. And I think that that's a big thing, too, that is often exploited is that you see somebody who wants to do great and somebody who is an overachiever, somebody who is that type A personality. And it's often exploited in the workplace, especially with, you know, right now we see lots of budget cuts. We've just had um, salaries that have gone through the roof because the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage was raised raised. And so we're having to do a lot more with less. And while, you know, in some instances we were already doing more with less, now we're doing even more with less. And so, but that when you have, you know, there are people within a company who never do more and they Mm -hmm. still get paid the same. They still show up to the meetings and whatever. And so you have to look at like, where's the payoff for that? Where are you seeing, um, where are you honoring yourself in that? Because you can keep giving, but there's only so much that you can give away. And I think that that's when it comes time to really set some healthy boundaries. And that could look like not choosing to pick up the extra responsibilities, um, not choosing to answer your phone and your emails after hours, um, letting people know that you're not available during certain times. And and that's hard because you want to help people. Um, and that's been a hard thing for me is being able to set boundaries. And it almost, you know, I think you and I talked about this before, like when you set boundaries with somebody and we're always worried that some, I'm always worried that somebody else is going to be upset. And if that person really is upset because you set that boundary, um, then that's even more proof that the boundary needed to be set. And so, yeah. So, um, but that's your choice and you have to live that if you don't live your boundaries. And I actually, the other day there was this situation, a situation and, um, hardly looked at me, my 18 year old daughter. And she's like, mom, you have to set some boundaries in the beginning. And I'm like,
1: Oh, why
0: are you so smart?
1: <laughs> but said, at the well, same time, you did a great job raising her because clearly she got that from you. <laughs> <laughs> she got,
0: so, yeah, she got, she got how to set boundaries for me. So she did what I said and not what I do. <laughs> um, Yeah. All right. So let's talk about rewards. So I feel like this is a, this again, I mean, all six of them are important. Um, but I really feel like compensation and reward are huge. And so same thing, like we are doing more with less. So there are other ways to be rewarded besides compensation. Um, are you being rewarded by someone telling you that you're doing a good job? Are you being rewarded by getting, um, recognition like that? And, and what is your reward style? I think that's something that needs to be communicated to because a lot of times it, you know, we all like to have extra money, right. But sometimes money's not available. Right. And how do you, how do you communicate with your leadership that it's like, all right, guys, listen or with your partner, I understand that we don't have any more money. Like I get that it's not in the budget or I'm already at the top of my pay, or we don't have extra money to, you know, for me to go on a trip as a reward or whatever. Um, but it'd be really nice if somebody could just tell me that I'm doing a good job. And if I'm not doing a good job, Can I have some feedback, please? Um, And that's hard because a lot of times, by the time we get to that point, I know for me personally, by the time that I get to that point, I'm in my feelings about it. And I'm (laughs) not always coming, (laughs) I'm not always coming across in a, um, in a not so emotional way. And so if we can try to work through and have those conversations with our leadership during our evaluations, if you can have those conversations with your partner, when you're going on a walk at night, just an in general conversation so that it's not once you get upset about something that you're mad and now you're throwing things and saying, I just need a damn vacation.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> right. So um, but yeah, and and that comes from, you know, when you're rewarded, when people show you that you're appreciated, um, you're an effective partner. You're an effective employee. You're an effective, you're an effective human. And without that, we just really
1: feel like we're doing it all for nothing. Yeah, and I think reward goes a lot. So when we talked about, we talked about you know self care, and when we were talking about how different that looks for every person, reward it follows that same thought pattern. Like, what what does reward look like for you? And it's almost kind of like you know. Um, like, what is going, do you, are you somebody that needs those positive affirmations from somebody? Do you need somebody just to recognize and say, man, you're, you're really doing a good job. Like, cause sometimes, especially for moms, like we spend a lot of time feeling like that this role as a mother is a very thankless job. And it is, I mean, like we are right. raising a generation of kids that are just like instant gratification this is all about me. Like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Like you need to give me, you need to understand like who I am as a person and, and just let me be who I am and all of these things. And it's like, um, no, what I need from you is like, you have a little bit of appreciation and recognition for all the things that are being done for you that, and you know, that like so many, so many kids are growing up without, you know, and I mean, this is a conversation that I have with my kids a lot because I just feel like, I mean, like, let's be honest, like they're ungrateful. I mean, I don't think they, they don't mean to be ungrateful and they're not ungrateful, like in an, in a hateful, hurtful way. It's just that this they're, they're growing up just differently than we did. And even whenever, you know, like you're trying to instill some, just like the, some core traditional values, like everything is working against you. Um, right. You know? And so like, for me, the reward is I think, because again, like it, it is just some of that recognition and it's, but it's also of just like, Hey, you know what? Like you really are doing a good job. Like, I'm really proud of what, you know, what you've done, you know, like when I was working through and studying and trying to get through my program, you know, it was like, and I finally finished my certification, you know, and it was like, William was like, I'm so like, I'm so incredibly proud of you. Like you're doing such a great job. Like he really um, I think does a good job, especially during deployment of like trying to keep me uplifted and being like, you really are doing a great job now. I'm the type of person that I don't take compliments very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I love all these memes of like these weird faces of people. And they're like me accepting compliments. And I'm like, I feel like that's me. Like, while I appreciate them, they make me really uncomfortable because I'm so hypercritical of myself. They're right. kind of like somebody compliments me. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, but I could have done that better. Or I could have done this better. And, you know, me staying home and working from home, like, I have a housekeeper now too. Like, and it's one of like, well, it's something I enjoy and it's something that I know I needed to help. Um, because like, there's all kinds of reasons. And if you've never lived off base in Japan, like there's just things with housework that are different and more time consuming. Um, (laughs) but at the same time, I have kids that live in my house literally 24 seven. And so it's also become, I have to be careful because sometimes it's I question, like, why, I don't even know why I bother because like Spencer can destroy a house in about five seconds, regardless of, how, I mean, right after we've walked in the door from the house being cleaned. And so there are times even that where I'm just like, is this money that I'm spending worth it? You know, right but it is because I'm not having to scrub my toilets and clean my shower room and clean and, you know, and do all that kind of stuff. So right. I think, I think when it comes to reward, we just have to really assess what that really looks like for us and be able to communicate it. because like maybe you're not the person that needs to hear like, Hey, I'm doing a good job. Like, and so if that's what, if that's what your employer is doing, thinking that that's helping fill your cup, you need to have a conversation that says, listen, not to, not to basically like, uh, like discount what you're doing for me, but this is the way that I, this, is, this is th- these are the rewards. These are the type of rewards that I respond to. Like right. I would rather this versus, you know, cause people can say, oh, good job. Those are just words if there's not actions to back them up. Right.
0: And that's like, okay, if you can't give me, if you, if the monetary stuff is not there, can I have time off? Right. Yeah. So can you compensate me with time off? And that's, that's free. I mean, they're, they're paying you, but that's free. And that's something like as a parent too, your partner can give you time off you know, stay home with the kids, make it your turn. You stay home with the kids all day on a Saturday or Sunday, or you shuttle their butts back and forth to soccer and baseball and <laughs> volleyball. And I'm going to go and sit on the beach and read a book all day. and do nothing. Um, and I think that's really important to understand that you're right. Like somebody could be telling you you're doing a good job all damn day, but it doesn't matter if you're still just digging yourself into a hole and you feel like, your your workload is exceeding what you're actually capable of or you just need a break and i feel like that's something that everybody that that needing a break doesn't make you a bad person um and that's a thing too like you know while we're here thinking about workload thinking about burnout and stress there's a difference between i love my kids right but there definitely is a difference between sitting in the car thinking I could just drive away and never come back and I'm done. Right. And, and being like, all right, these kids drive me nuts, but I love these little people. Right. Like they're driving me crazy today. I need a break. Like that's normal. That's normal. Um, feeling like you're sitting in your car and you're so burnt out and you're so depressed that you could just drive away from your entire family and never look back. Like that, that requires a therapist. You need to go talk to somebody. Um, and that's the thing too is that it, that therapy very well could be appropriate. And it may be appropriate to talk to a therapist to talk about your boundaries, to talk about asking for help, to talk about because for a lot of us, asking for help is a weakness. That's a vulnerability. Um. All right. So let's move on really quick. We have a couple more to talk about. Um, Community is huge. And I know that the military does a really great job with spouses trying to create community. Um, But this could be like you said, where, you know, if you don't have community in your workplace or you don't have community in your organization, um, that you can create community. But a lot of people leave their job because they don't have community and you don't realize how important that is until you see it somewhere else or until you have it. And then you don't. Um, but I feel like this is a really, really, um, big thing that a lot of people underestimate.
1: Um, you're absolutely right. And I think, um, you know, and being military spouses, you know, we've had to recreate our community a lot, you know, and it's, it's such a blessing when you have people that have come into your life. um, And I know I have those people um, and you do as well that have come into your life, maybe in the very early stages of being a part of that military community and that, and that have stayed, you know, I have one of my best friends. Like I, I literally met her within our first three months of moving to Florida for the very first time for William to finish school, like brand new baby enlisted family. And we're still like, we're still best friends today, you know? And it's like, I, it's funny. Cause almost I have of, of those friends that I have that I feel like are really my circle of friends. Um, only one is from my childhood, only one. And honestly. Mm-hmm we didn't really become as close as we are even though we went through middle school and high school together really until we went to college you know so even that even the even the depth of that friendship really developed as a young adult and so um you know and i think that's something important for people to understand like i love when i see people who've had like those childhood friends um But that is not not my experience, mostly with my tribe. Like most of my tribe is friendships that I've made as an adult, you know, and I, you know, and I value that, I think even better because like, as a a kid, and I've always kind of felt like I've always been kind of like on the fringe of of groups and things like that. And it's, I think it's because I like can move in and out of, of groups and little friendship circles very easily. Like I'm not like, I I value that I can see and being around different types of people. Like I don't have like one type of a friend that I, you know, that I'm around. Um, but I, I, but I think it's that, you know, and being in the world of entrepreneurship and even network marketing, like that's brought some really amazing people into, into my tribe. Um, and so that like, y- even if like your nine to five or whatever job, like does anybody even have a nine to five job anymore? Um, (laughs) You can seek other opportunities to build that community that you're missing because that job, uh, you know, especially depending on what kind of work that you do um, may not be where you want to build your community. So go find it somewhere else. There is a, there is an unlimited amount of opportunity um, to, uh, you know, to find those things and those people that are really going to fill your cup, because like, I don't think we could stress enough the importance of like not being able to pour from an empty cup. And if your community is based in a job that takes everything from you and gives you nothing in return, what, like what, a and empty community that really that really is. So go find what you're looking for and the opportunities for that are endless.
0: Right. And I mean this is one of those things where um you can really kind of think outside of what you're who you work with and think about who you're working for and that's a huge thing for me because you know I work with the active duty population and, um, their, their families. And that's huge for me. So that's, that's the community that I'm serving with my job. And while I may not have the community inside of the organization that I'd like to have, um, that I do have that community in the people that I have face to face time with. And so, um, those, those clients or those, those are the people that I am, in front of the customer, right? So I'm providing a service to them, and that brings value to me. Um, that is my community. And so thinking about that, um, and then thinking about whether your values align with that company or not. So maybe they don't have community like that, but are you getting are you getting that um, fulfilledness from understanding that your communities aligned? Are you doing something um, that lines up with your values that fills your cup that way. Um, find out what aspects of that are good for you, which ones are not, and um, find out if there's a way that you can contribute to that. And if there's not, I mean, that may be a sign for you to, especially if you are not, if you don't have that community of people and your values down the line. that's when I think it's time to kind of evaluate where you are in that situation. Um, all right. So let's, we've got two more things to talk about. So fairness and values mismatch. So we'll come back to the values part of that, but, um, fairness is subjective. Um, Mm -hmm. so obviously if you're working outside of the home and you feel like something in your job is unfair, like legit, blatant unfairness, um, you have a human resources department and you should absolutely report that. That should be something that you're talking about, especially if it's a gender bias or if it's an age bias, um, something like that. If you feel like you're being treated unfairly or you're unfairly targeted, then you absolutely should talk to HR about it. Um, Human resources is there for the employee um, to help protect the employee. So understanding that and this could look like lack of recognition it could look like um lack of opportunity as well so understanding going back to that reward portion and that community portion and understanding what it is that you need and then being able to um ask for what you need to be able to advocate for yourself um i know that i you and i both were young parents Um, As you're growing together as a family and as a partnership, it's really important to talk to your partner about what you think is fair. Um, When I stayed home all the time, it was totally fair for me to be responsible for the laundry and some of the housework um, when I was here all day. Well, when I got ready to leave the home and work full time, then my partner and I had a conversation about what would, what would then be fair? You know what I mean? So at that time, when I first went to work, it may not have looked like hiring a housekeeper and somebody to do our lawn work because we weren't financially in that situation. But at that time it did look like, all right, I'm going to need you to do more than take the garbage off. Um, but advocating for yourself, you know, you, it doesn't, again, it doesn't need to come from a place of anger. It doesn't need to come from a place of
1: frustration. If we talk about it before we get there, yeah. Like it just needs to come from a place of honesty. Like you just need to have open and honest communication. And, you know, we've gone through different stages because when we were, when we were first brand new military, like junior enlisted, I don't know if anybody's really ever tracked how little money the military actually makes, but it's not a lot. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was fresh out of college. So I went to work and um, at the time, and, uh, and I, I love my in-laws like so incredibly much. We have such a great relationship, um, but they were in a very, they, you know, William was raised in a very traditional household, you know? And so we have that conversation of saying, look, I know like what you're used to, but I need you to understand, like we're both working full-time, you know, and I'm contributing, <laughs> let's be honest, just as much as you are um, to mm-hmm. our to our household income. So like, I, I, am not, I am not going to wait on you hand and foot. Like when we both come in from work, you know, not that my jobs were physically demanding, but the emotional, just the emotional part and the mental part of being at work and interacting with clients all day and, and people and having to constantly be on, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, I'm not I'm not here to be your maid. Um, and then when we added kids like that, like we've always had very, I think, well-established boundaries and shared responsibilities. Um, but as we've moved, this is now our second time overseas and my work looking very differently, Um, you know, I took on more of those, that household stuff, because I wasn't the one leaving the house to go to work. But even now, even though I'm home, now I find myself as a full-time homeschool mom, like, you know, so I'm teaching and my kids every day. So it's not like I'm, it's not like my kids are leaving the house, going to school, and I'm just sitting around doing whatever I feel like and not getting housework done. Right. You know, it's like, (laughs) my responsibility within my home is very different than it, than it ever really has been before. And trying to keep up with all of the things with this expectation of like, well, I'm home. So he really shouldn't have to do anything. That's not realistic, you know? Um, and so we still talk about that and share boundaries with that. Um, because like, there's a lot of things about household chores in Japan, living out in town that look very different. Like I don't have a dryer y'all, like I have to hang my stuff to dry and we're moving into rainy season. Anybody try to dry laundry in the rain? Like, so there's, <laughs> there is some, there is some added workload to that. And so we've always been very good at sharing those, um, that, you know the work within the house, and so I think where it comes down, if you're feeling really stressed and pressured and frustrated with the situation, like you need to sit down with your with your spouse or your partner, and you guys need to have some just really open dialogue um, about what you need. You need to be very honest about what you're needing from them. If you feel like that there's this gap that needs to be bridged, um, and Absolutely. and not in a and not in a hateful way, and just be able to say, look. This is everything that I have going on. This is really where I need you to step in and, and help. You know, and there's right. nothing wrong with that. Um, so I think, you know, communication is is huge. And all of this really, and everything that we've been talking about, it, it almost really kind of boils down to that just honest communication to communicate what your needs are, how you're feeling about stuff, in order to achieve that that fairness that you feel like might be missing, um, in your work life and in your home life and that kind of stuff.
0: Right. And we have to expect that our partner and, or the people in our workplace or whatever that they, um, (laughs) That they are busy doing their own thing, so they're not always looking at like, oh, you know, Stacy seems really busy. Maybe I should jump <laughs> in and help. Um, yeah. We are assuming we are assuming that somebody else has the um, situational awareness to be able to sense that or see that, or we expect our partner to assume that we need help. It just is like expectations are the death of everything. So if you are not communicating what you're expecting, if you're expecting your partner to do the dishes after you cook dinner and your partner is okay with the sink being full of dishes, guess what? They're probably not getting done. Um, and so that's, you know, really important to talk about, you know, like, listen, I'm doing all of these things. I would really appreciate it if you could help, Pick up some of these things. Um, and I think that that's, Absolutely. you know, like I like said, it's just communicating in general. And it's something that we should be doing with our spouses, anyways. Um, and one of the things that Jason and I learned is that we get a lot of time to talk about all the different things. Like right now, we're talking about retirement a lot because it's coming up, mm-hmm. it's around the corner. Um, so we take the dog together for a walk every evening. And that's 20 to 30 minutes of just me and him, no TV, no phone, no people. And it's just the two of us talking. And so we're just forced to have to be there and talk and all of the things, you know? So I think yeah. that that's really good. Um, the last one I'll touch on, cause we're starting to get kind of long here is, um, values yeah. mismatch. So, um, it, when your values aren't matched, it affects your motivation to do things. Um, it's, you're not always going to be in perfect alignment with your company or with your partner, or there are gonna be things that your partner prioritizes as far as values than you do. And like Jason and I have sat down and like listed out our top 10 values as part of like a class that I did. Um, And we've compared them. There are things that are really, really important to me that are at the top of that that aren't necessarily at the top of his. The core values are there, right? But they may not all be prioritized the same way. but we do have a, a match in values there, like a match in how we parent, a match in how, you know, the things that we believe should happen in our community and things like that. Um, but understanding if what you're doing is worth it long-term, whether this be your relationship, whether this be your employer, whether this be, um, you it, it could be anything. It could be your relationship with somebody else, right? So understanding like, is it worth it long-term if your values aren't matched with what you're doing?
1: Yeah. And I think that this is, I, so, and we talked about this earlier. Like I literally just sat down last night and I wrote a blog about um, failures and inspiration. And I think that this is one of those things where we sometimes get so wrapped up in, being afraid of failure or being perceived as a failure that we tend to prioritize the wrong things, you know? And so we talk about that mismatch or that misalignment of our values or what we're wanting out of life. Um, And we're continuing to try to make something fit because we're afraid to prioritize ourselves and prioritize our values and walk away from a situation. I think it's important. And, you know, it's, you know, the, what I wrote about was like, don't bury your failures, let them inspire you. And so it's not, it's, it's walking away from what other people's opinions of your decisions might be, you know, it's walking away from that employer. If those values really don't align, like if, if you're going to work for somebody and it, they are just a one eighty out from everything that you feel about yourself and your family life and, and your priority, your priorities, And they're just not meeting you there on that common ground. Like it is really time to, to take a deep assessment of that and to let go of this idea of like, okay, well, like maybe I've started this, maybe I've done this. Maybe I've, I've ventured out into this new opportunity and, and ever, I just feel like I keep trying to force this into my life. And you know, what I tell people is I'm like, if you, I want like one of the things that I even do for myself is like, okay, if I woke up tomorrow. And I wasn't able to continue to do this. Like, how would that make me feel? And if I feel like that, I could walk away from something and it, and just leave it and it not be a big deal to me. Like, yo, that is a serious self-assessment of just talking about, like, talk about something being misaligned. Like, if you feel like that you could walk away from something and it not bother you in the slightest, like, what are you still doing there? Why are you still trying to waste your time? And stop thinking of it as saying, like, I love the idea of like, you know, the most successful people have failed probably more times than they can count, you know? And so it's not just about saying like, well, if I quit this, I'm going to be a failure or what is my family going to think? Or how are people going to perceive me? How am I going to feel about myself? like If I quit this, like I'm quitting on myself. No, sometimes you're quitting or you're failing because you've understood that this no longer fits where you want to be in life. This is no longer filling your cup. So we are the same. like you fail forward. Like every time that something doesn't work out, maybe the way that you wanted it to, I take that as like, okay, this was an opportunity that I explored. This was something that I tried. I'm understanding that this is not a good fit for me. So I'm going to now grow through this experience and say, this really doesn't align with what I want out of life anymore. This isn't f- filling my cup. Um, so I'm going to walk away from that and I'm going to take that experience and I'm going to use that to find the next opportunity and really be able to to assess like where I go from here and how do I prioritize those things to understand like, is what's coming next going to be the fit that I was looking for? You know, So right. so this idea of like, failing forward versus burying ourselves in our failures or being afraid of our failures, you know, failing sometimes is the only way that we learn um, who we really are and what really is important to us. Right. And a failure
0: is not even a failure. If you take it as something that we're actually learning from, and that was something that I learned, like you can't, and a lot of people hold back from doing things because they're afraid that they're going to fail. And if you don't fail, then you don't know. And that's, yeah, that's the, if you don't, if you don't take the risk, then you'll never know. And if you don't fail, then you don't know what you know from, from failing. You don't know what you learn from that experience. And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that, you know, a lot of people just don't think about that. It's, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to, to fail. It's okay for something not to work. You just need to learn from it. So when we don't learn from it, we stay stuck in it. Um, that that's, that's where we're really failing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, the big thing here is just understanding what the cycle looks like, understanding what, you know, these, these things are that can contribute to burnout and some, just some strategies to get ourselves out of there, some things to be able to communicate to our partner, to our company, to our leadership, um, even to ourselves, like questions to ask ourselves. And so um, just some personal reflection here. And is it time to to change your situation or is it time to change and reframe your attitude about the situation? And um, it all really just comes down to your mindset about something. And so if you know that it really is um, time for actual change, um, how do you communicate that? And what does it look like? Uh, But, um, I think this is, I think this is a great, um,
1: place for us to start. Yeah. I think, I hope that those listening, I hope that you guys are really, you know, taking some notes and really assessing where you are in your life and where you have that room to make some changes and make some growth. Um, of course, like Stacy and I are always here for for questions or support or whatever you might need. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, but yeah, like I, I enjoyed this because I've gone through this process and Stacey, I know you have too, of, mm-hmm. of this assessment and this growth and finding opportunities that align with what we want out of life. And because I just got to say, like when you find the right thing, you'll know. Like if, if you're questioning everything right now if you're listening to this, like, it's, it's very likely that it's time for you to grow, grow into a new opportunity, because when you yes. find the right things, it's very, it becomes very clear that all of the other things were, were not the right fit for you. Yep. It's not
0: going through something. It's growing through it. Right. Amen, girl. Um, all right. So if you guys enjoyed this, Take a screenshot, post this on social media, tag us at self-care club or at self-care club podcast, self-care project podcast, (laughs) Um, (laughs) tag us at self-care project podcast. Um, Follow us. You can find us on Spotify. And um, if this was helpful and you think there's someone else who might find some value in this, definitely share it with them. So I hope you guys have a fantastic day Until until next time. Bye. Bye. Damn.